Addiction is like a death. It can happen to any person, any family. Pills, needles, bottles. They have a way of slipping in and taking over until that person you love is gone. About the age of 20, I started cooking meth. I realized that I'd pretty much destroyed and lost every relationship and thing I ever had in my life. Um, I got addicted to, more than anything, just the power that comes along with having that much of it. In my mindset, I was just gonna be a drug dealer, a dope cook, a thief for the rest of my life. I found myself taking my son on a drug deal with me. And when I kind of found coke, when someone introduced it to me in my junior year, it kind of like filled a piece into me. And at that time, I didn't really see where drugs were about to take me on a path. But looking back on it now, I, I just see it. Like, you know, that was just the start of it, you know, because I drank more than others, you know, I smoked weed more than others. I was about 22 years old when I went to prison for the first time for fourth offense DUI. My, my life was so miserable, I prayed for death. And it just got to the point where I had nothing and I went and asked a friend of mine sure if she could help me get some help. And I started coming to the chapel at Renewal Ranch. Renewal Ranch is a place of redemption because it's where broken men find the only answer to drug and alcohol addiction, Jesus Christ. Well, we're a long-term faith-based rehabilitation program for adult men 21 years of age and older. But more than that, um, I feel like that we're an uh, intense discipleship program for men that are struggling with drug and alcohol addiction. So our program is a year long. It consists of two phases. Phase one is in-house residential on this 102 beautiful acres that the Lord has blessed us with. During that phase, a man will enter into 570 hours of class time taught by a wonderful group of about 15 pastors. So some of the changes that uh, I get to witness are the uh, restoration within families. First and foremost, we have seen over 200 plus salvation experiences from our men that are within the program, but we also get to see this awesome ripple effect uh, throughout the families. The men that come through our program, their lives are being touched, their lives are being transformed. I cannot fully express to you what I see. You have to experience it. You have to come to our chapel services. You have to sit down and talk to these men and hear the stories, and they're phenomenal. But I'm telling you, it's, we, we watch it every day. The, the, the messages that you hear, the testimonies you hear in churches once a year, and you say, that was the best testimony I've ever heard. I hear them every single week. We focus on five components to rebuild lives. An atmosphere of love, intensive Bible study, camaraderie and accountability with other men, spiritual discipline, and serving others through community work. Christ is present in every part of Renewal Ranch. He is in the redemption. He is the redemption. And that's what makes this program so effective. The government doesn't support Renewal Ranch. This is the work of believers. When you give to continue the ministry of Renewal Ranch, you are serving, you are saving men, sons, brothers, husbands, fathers. The only way to, to beat addiction I see and I've seen it personally is through Jesus Christ. I, I pray every night for the people that's in addiction that's looking for help that they find it. Jesus can save your life. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. James 5:19 and 20. Renewal Ranch, restoring broken lives through Christ. Director of Renewal Ranch Ministries, and it is an awesome privilege for us to be here this morning at Wynn Baptist. Appreciate Brother Mike Ship and uh, you guys giving us the opportunity to share what the Lord's doing um, at Renewal Ranch. I kind of wanted to introduce uh, the ministry uh, to you this morning and share a little bit about how I became the executive director of the ministry. I spent 23 years in an addiction. I uh, went to 13 different 
uh, rehabs and uh, I should be dead. It's just by God's incredible grace and mercy uh, that I'm uh, here with you this morning. And I brought with us our phase one part of our program. Uh, this is only about half the men that we're helping. Uh, this is just phase one. We have two phases of a year-long program. The second phase um, is kind of life with accountability, and we have men that are in local churches uh, all over central Arkansas uh, this morning. Uh, in 2009, after um, spending 23 years in an addiction, after the Lord uh, set me free in 2005, uh, I had come to an altar much like this, and I was broken, and I just poured my heart out to God, and God did for me what I cannot do for myself. And I'm so thankful that when we cry out, the Lord inclines his ear towards us, and he hears us. And um, I had come to the end of myself, and the Lord started to restore every aspect of my life. And what the Lord pours into us, he doesn't want us to just hold on to and uh, uh, for ourselves. He wants that to abound from us and to give back. And so my heart uh, for doing what I do today, I feel called by God to do that. Um, he gives me an awesome privilege to serve in leadership um, of this ministry. And, and we started the ministry. Uh, I moved with my wife to Conway, Arkansas, where I grew up in August 1st of 2009, and we started looking for land along with the, uh, what became the original board of directors. Uh, when we made this move to Conway, there was no land, there was no board, there was no organization. It was just a vision that God had laid on several of our hearts um, of what he wanted to do. And you know, addiction leads down three roads. You can end up sobered up, locked up, or covered up. That's the only three roads that it's going to lead. And, and what we found and what I found as I went through those 13 different rehabs, uh, three of which I paid $50,000 uh, for a 28-day stay in a program, what we found as we did our research before opening the doors of Renewal Ranch, men face four challenges. Uh, one is bed space. Uh, the second, if a bed is available, can they afford it? Most secular rehabs cost $1,500 a day or more uh, for the treatment. The third, if bed space is available and they can't afford it, usually it's short-term treatment. I spent 23 years in an addiction, and so a 28-day stay or outpatient uh, treatment for me was not sufficient to unravel the mess that I had become. And fourth and most importantly, they leave Jesus Christ out of the equation. Jesus Christ is the only hope that any of us have. He is the only one that can uh, change a man's heart and his life. And Jesus is still in the miracle business today. I get to see it every single day. I see Jesus working on these men's inward heart and their outward behavior starts to change. The first thing that I had to do was surrender. The world told me to fight through and be a man the first thing that I had to do to win a battle that I had consistently lost was surrender my life and my will to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to be my Lord and Savior. Uh, someone loved me when I didn't love myself, and someone showed me a way of escape when I knew none. Uh, I had tried everything in my own power and my own thinking, and um, I was angry at God. I lost my father when I was eight years old to cancer. When I was 14, they diagnosed my mom with lymphoma cancer. My father had passed away when he was 31. My mother was diagnosed when she was 36, and she passed away four years later. And they loved the Lord, and they talked to me about Jesus. My mom carried a little crocheted verse around that says, My, strength is, uh, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is perfected in weakness. And she would talk to me about Jesus. But there was a seed of bitterness that was welling up in James. And I became angry at God. And so when my mom passed away, I said, I'm going to do this my way. And so I've rebelled against God, ran from God, and wrestled with God. And I can tell you that none of those worked out well for me. I can tell you that when I first started drinking with my buddies at 17, I never thought where that would take me 10 years down the road. My addiction took me to a dark, dark place. The things that I said I would never do at the first of my addiction, at the end of it, 
there were no lines that I wouldn't cross. And um, so I understand what it's like to have no hope. I understand what it's like to want to take my own life. I understand what it's like to be in bondage, to be angry, to be lonely, to not have, feel like I have a purpose. But I also understand what it's like to be set free by the blood of Jesus. And so Jesus Christ is the only thing that's ever made a difference in my life. He started to radically change my life. We moved to Conway and by May of 2010, we um, purchased 102 acres um, and we started construction on our first bunkhouse. We started the program in January of 2011 with eight men and currently we're helping about 70 men and their families. We had 400 applications for 31 beds on our phase one campus in the last nine months. People from Michigan, Florida, Oklahoma, Tennessee, uh, Texas, Louisiana, all across this nation and certainly all across this state coming desperate and they're looking for something and we have an awesome privilege of sharing what they're looking for and his name is Jesus. They've just been looking in the wrong places. They've been looking in the needle and the bottle and things of this world as I did. I looked to fill this big God-sized hole in James with things of the world and it never worked out. But you know, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. When I got this relationship right, all of this started to work itself out. But I had to get that in right order and right priority. This is our curriculum at Renewal Ranch. And so we're going to stand on truth. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. Okay? In order to do that, we need the body of Christ to support our work. Uh, we don't take any government or state funding. We're supported by local believers. Because if you don't know a truth, as Brooks said, if you don't know truth, you can be easily deceived. John 8.32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And in John 8.36, it says, Whomever the sun sets free is free indeed. Our goal at Renewal Ranch is for these men to fall in love with Jesus Christ. And through that relationship, there is freedom from the bonds of addiction. There is love, there is peace, there is joy. Things that I never knew in my life prior to Christ. Our program's a year long. We have 15 pastors that come in. These guys in their first six months of our program get 570 hours of class time. Each one of them do 300 hours of community service in the first six months they're with us. We did over 30,000 hours of community service in central Arkansas last year. Tornado victims go rebuild their fence. We helped build the Conway Cowboy Church, First Free Will Baptist Church in Greenbrier, uh, pack food boxes for Operation Christmas Child. Whatever we can do to get out of ourselves, because Jesus was a servant. He came to serve, not be served. And so we want to give these men opportunities to follow the example of Christ. And um, we have grown so rapidly. Uh, we're currently working on a restoration center. It's a 15,000 square foot facility. Um, we've got the chapel area of the restoration center done. We have got our commercial kitchen. We were feeding this bunch on a residential four burner stove. So that was challenging in itself. And we need a commercial kitchen for uh, daily dining and for events that we have on our campus. It'll have a larger teaching space for our pastors to come in. And it was a $1.75 million project, and we're $250,000 away from completing that project. And for all four infrastructure needs that I just mentioned um, will be met through that project. The last of which, but is the most important, we will have 22 more beds to provide for these men as part of that uh, facility. God is doing an amazing, amazing work. I uh, know Henry Blackaby and his Experiencing God material said find out where God's at work and go join him in that work. And I tell you, I see God at work um, at Renewal Ranch. And so everything that you'll see this morning 
will come from men that have been in our program and that are now giving back. And so all of my staff have gone through the program and they have a heart to reach back out and help that next man up. Um, again, it's a privilege for us to be here and I'm going to, I hope that you guys will see fruit because if you invest in this ministry, you're investing in these lives. 85% of our uh, men have children. This matters. Those kids need a godly father. Those wives need a godly husband. They need spiritual leadership in their home. And we get to see that kind of restoration. We have seen that ripple effect that Brooks alluded to. Um, we've had 200 and probably close to 250 salvation experiences. But the family members, there's countless family members. We saw a 21-year-old graduate and an 82-year-old grandfather get baptized in the same service. Um, God's at work. We're privileged. People are beating down our doors. The needs are overwhelming. Um, it costs about $25,000 a week uh, for us to provide for these men. Once they get to Renewal Ranch, everything is paid for. We buy them Bibles with their name engraved on it. We buy them all their curriculum material, the laundry detergent. Everything is paid for. What we want them to do is focus on them and a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because that's who we point them to. That's where the power is, and we have that privilege. Uh, I want to bring up our Phase two director. He's a graduate of our program, and he's going to um, talk about why we teach this um, at the ranch. And again, thank you guys for letting us be here this morning. Morning, church. My name is David Armstrong. It's a pleasure to be here. I am the, James spoke of, I am the phase two supervisor. Uh, the part of the program where the men come over and begin to, uh, they come off of their six months on campus and uh, they get an apartment, a job, and become responsible, become uh, a viable part of the body of Christ and begin to walk out their faith. And they do that with the accountability over there. And, and uh, I, I help to oversee that. And it's just an honor to do that. I, I, uh, I'm a phase one and phase two graduate of, of Renewal Ranch. I've uh, been helping and been employed by this ministry for about three years, and I'm so thankful for that opportunity. I'm thankful to be here today uh, to be able to share with you guys just a little bit of, of how God is moving out there because I can tell you that in my life, I got to a place at 55 years of age that uh, I couldn't get out of by myself. And there was a place that I could go to where the love of God was shed abroad in people's hearts and where the word of God was presented to me and preached to me and taught to me. And that word of God stirred something up inside of me and it caused me to surrender my life to the only one that could change the way that I was. And so I thank God for ministries like this and I thank God for being a part, being able to come out to bodies like you guys and explain uh, what God is doing in our ministry because it is a great need. Uh, I'd never thought that I would need Renewal Ranch in my life, but I did. And so I thank God every day for it. First uh, Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And James has spoken a little bit of it, and even Brooks did in, in some of his introduction about the importance of the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God in our life. Uh, second. Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I heard your pastor in his prayer mention about the power of the word of God. And Hebrews 4 and 12 says it's alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow, as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God can get down inside of you and change the way that you perceive not only yourself, but the world around you and helps you to understand how God feels about you. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 declares that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. It lets you know in 521 that he was made to be sin for us who knew no sin, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It tells me in Galatians 2 and 20 that I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. And what I just did was just a small example of, of the memorization part of this program. You know, Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so when we come into Renewal Ranch, there's a huge void that James spoke of, and, and it's a hole that can only be filled with God, and, and, and we fill it with the Word of God, and that Word of God deep inside of us is what changes us and motivates us to move and act upon it. Uh, Philippians 4 and 9, I believe, uh, the Apostle Paul, after encouraging them to think on these things he said those things that you both learned and received and seen and heard in me do and the god of peace will be with you and that's the intent of this program that's the intent of everything that's presented to us when we come into this program is to hide that word of god in our heart to let it become a part of who we are so that we react to the drawing of the spirit of god and we act upon that word and own it and it becomes a part of us. And part of that process when these guys come in are they're tasked to memorize 46 verses. Is there any memorizers in here? I know there's some, some Sunday schoolers. Come on, raise your hand. Memorize some word of God? Amen. Well, that's what we do. And there's, there's 46 verses. And, and uh, from the basics of, of, of salvation, you know, that everybody knows, John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but would have everlasting life to Romans 5, 1 and 2, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And so during this process of these guys memorizing these verses, Psalms 119 and 11 becomes real. That word that you hide in their heart helps not only us not to sin against him, it helps us to see ourselves in the way that he sees us. Helps us to love ourselves in the way that he loves us. And helps us to walk this faith out in, in a manner that is pleasing to him. And the word of God will change you. Amen? Amen? The word of God will change your heart. And the word of God will draw you. So if the guys would come up, we have three guys that are going to just give you an example. They're in the process of memorizing those 46 verses. And they're going to give you an example of of what this word is doing in this process of them doing that. So I thank you very much. Uh, first off, good morning, church. Uh, my name is Shane Metcalf. I'm 43 years old. I'm from North Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, this morning I'm going to come from the Gospel of John, John 14, 26, and 27. For I am the helper, the Holy Spirit, in which my Father will send you in my name. He will teach you all things in remembrance of all things I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, and peace I give to you, not as the world giveth unto you. Let your heart know I be troubled or afraid. Uh, in this, to me, uh, I don't know, John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine, I'm, you're, uh, I'm the vine, you are the branch. Uh, whoever remain in me and I in him shall bear much fruit. And uh, apart from me, you can do nothing. And uh, that nothing part is where my whole life has been. And uh, today, as a result of Renewal Ranch, you know, it's an honor for me to stand here on this stage in front of you guys uh, wearing this shirt right here. It, uh, it means a lot to me. Uh, it's changed my life. And, uh, uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm very grateful, James Lloyd. Good morning, church. My name is Chase. I am 31 years old. I've been at the ranch about four months. I am a proud phase one resident uh, with my brothers over there with, uh, with all our guys here. The, the scriptures that I have been uh, kind of meditating over is Psalm 146. Uh, it says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord on my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes and the son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth and on that very day his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, and whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that are in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, and who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoner free. The Lord opens the eye of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Uh, 
that, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, and, and, and like Shane said, I love you, bud. Uh, I'm honored as well to be here uh, to share in front of you guys. I thank you so much for letting us come. That verse is very, or that, that chapter is very important to me because when I was in my addiction, I tend to put my faith and my trust in uh, people and in objects who at the end of the day, ultimately, it, it did nothing for me. Um, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ is the one who deserves an eternity worth of praise because he is the one who heals, he unburdens, he loves, he protects. And I have not found that from any, any worldly thing, any secular thing. God has done it all for me. Um, you know, I like in Psalm 146, uh, in the verse that says, The Lord sets the prisoner free, like the Zach Williams song was saying, I was in the, the chains of addiction, and the Lord brought me out of that, and he had opened my eyes. And he told me the truth, and there's no way that I can turn from that. Um, that's, that's the scripture that I've been going over. I hope that it has touched any of you guys, any of you guys that needed to hear it. It has really helped me. And again, I thank you so much for letting us come share with you. We absolutely love you. And we'll see you next year. Thank you. My name is Justin Watson. I'm 23. And, uh, you know, Shane quoted a scripture earlier. And something very important in that scripture says, you know, the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. I guarantee you without the help of the Holy Spirit, none of us could recite chapters of the Bible. So, um, you know, it's just I hope a common theme you see in our services. This is nothing we do on our own power. It's all God. I mean, there's literally nothing we can do. Uh, one of the verses I've been working on lately is uh, Psalms chapter 40. And uh, I really like this psalm because it, it pretty much has my whole testimony within it. So I'll recite it, then I'll kind of go over what, uh, what parts of it really, really stick out to me. It says, uh, I waited patiently on the Lord to help me. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. O Lord, my God, you perform many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come as is written about me in the scriptures. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. I've, talked about, I've told your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have told everyone about your unfailing love and faithfulness. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your, of your faithfulness and saving power. Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles surround me, too many to count. My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. I have lost all courage. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. May those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame. May those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace. Let them be horrified by their shame, for they said, Aha, we've got him now. But may all those who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, the Lord is great. But as for me, since I am poor and needy, let the Lord keep me in his thoughts. You are my helper and my savior. Oh my God, do not delay. Amen. And like I said, the, the common theme here is this is nothing of our own power. That first line, you know, uh, I waited patiently on the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. I tried to lift myself out of the pit of despair, and that ended up with me dead. Uh, I tried on my own power to beat this addiction. Uh, I've been addicted to drugs and alcohol for around 10 years now. I tried to beat this addiction, and it ended me uh, several months ago. I was found dead in my car from a heroin overdose, clinically dead. No heartbeat, no pulse, anything. God lifted me out of that pit of despair. He gave me a new chance at life. And not only did, that, he, did he do that, he set me on a solid ground. That solid ground is the word of God. It's that truth that never changes yesterday, today, or tomorrow. That foundation that I build my life on will withstand any storm. And uh, let's see what else. Uh, he's giving me a new song to sing. Man, I am so happy now, it's not even funny. I used to be a miserable, depressed person. And God has just given me joy. It's the most amazing thing. Um, I was reading earlier this morning... Uh, it was, uh, it was in a, what you call it, uh, what's the word? Not a concordance, but a, a commentary. Okay, there we go, sorry. 
I was reading in a commentary, and uh, it was talking about the verse that says, you take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you may be listening, I finally understand. And the Greek in that actually says, you have given me a new body rather than I finally understand. And what I take that as meaning is, God doesn't require those burnt offerings or sin offerings if they're just out of ritual, out of habit. We are to offer our bodies, our lives, everything that we are as a, as a human living sacrifice to God for what he has done for us, for him lifting us out of the pit of despair. Um, you know, James 1.8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in everything he does. And that's exactly what I was. I grew up in church. I grew up in Christian schools. I tried to take a little bit of the world and a little bit of the church and, and combine it together. And I was just the most unstable person you would ever meet. You know, I was bipolar is what they told me and all this. Um, you know, it just never works unless you give God your everything. Luke 14.33 says, he who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. And that is what you have to do. God doesn't want a little bit. He wants all of you. Um, uh, I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. Uh, that is one of my favorites because I will not be afraid to speak out for what the Lord God has done for me. I will not be ashamed of my past because my past shows his redemptive power. Um, my sins pile up so high I can't see my way out. Man, I was so covered up in sin. I tried to cover up my conviction with more addiction, which led to more conviction, which led to more addiction. And it was just a cycle that you could not see your way out of. And if it weren't for these guys coming to help and be a part of pulling me out of the pit of despair, I wouldn't be standing here in front of you today. Um, may those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, the Lord is great. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just telling you guys how great the Lord is for what he's done for me. And I just want to say thank you to you guys because without uh, the believer's support, I would not be standing here. We are the tangible experience of what your donations to the ranch and to what your donations can do. Because a lot of times, you know, you send your money overseas, you may never see it for a missionary. But right now, I'm telling you, if you donate to the ranch, you're looking at what happens. You're saving my life. You're saving all these men's lives that are in blue over here. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, and uh, have a nice day. Good morning, church. Uh, my name's Steve Dell. I'm a, a phase one and phase two graduate of Renewal Ranch, uh, and I proudly serve on staff there. Uh, in fact, I was, you know, I'm surprised that I wouldn't, didn't have to get drugged screaming to do that, serve on staff, because I had a change of heart that came about after 40 years of, of an addiction of drinking. I was a drunk. Um, and I'd gone through my life and I, had, I thought I had all the answers. I lost my faith, I lost my wife, I lost my children, I lost jobs, I lost hope. I finally lost any desire to change. So I got to this point that my opinion of myself, my identity that I had in myself was that this is what I'm gonna be the rest of my life. A lot of the other guys out here said basically the same thing I said. Our identity becomes what we do. If you don't go to church, if you don't read the Bible, if you do not study the scripture, you become what you think you are. My identity was wrong. I thought I was, you know, just like a lot of these other guys out here, we thought we think we're thieves, we're addicts, we're drunks, we're, um, you know, we're unloved, we're unworthy, God can't accept us. Um, one of the things we get when we first get it to Renewal Ranch, this is the one I got two and a half years ago, I think almost now. It's called In Christ We Are. And on the drive up here today, I was thinking about my identity, what we all thought, what everybody out here has these thoughts sometimes. And then I just went down the, what it is, about 150 verses right out of the Bible, and it's got a little what we are in front of it, what the verse is. And just reading down this list, this tells us what we are. We're beloved of God. We're loved by God. We're his friends. We're precious. We're valuable. We're the apple of his eyes, his own special people. We're a chosen people, the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand, chosen, the elect of God, called, accepted, and beloved. Uh, believers, forgiven of trespasses, clean, already clean, washed, sacrificed, justified. We're all these things regardless of what we think before we get there. One of the things that um, is the most rewarding part of being on staff there is seeing men, myself included, we come in broken. And as that change starts taking place, as we start seeing 
that we are something different. Watching it come over these guys. One of the things we do task them with there is um, getting a piece of cardboard. We do, we call it our cardboard testimony. If you guys would like to get ready. One side of the cardboard, it says, this is what I was. The other side is, this is what I am becoming. Uh, thank you very much. Good morning. My name is Chase Mosier. I am also a graduate of Renewal Ranch. I'm the phase one supervisor there now. And due to the time, I will keep this brief. But I just want to share with you what God has done in my life. Uh, I started using drugs whenever I was 13 years old, just made some poor choices. And I didn't do that because I had a bad family or anything. I had a perfect childhood. Had no reason to start using drugs, but I did. And it took me down a terrible, dark path. Uh, 16 years old, I started experiencing consequences to my drug use. I was physically addicted to prescription pain pills at 16 years old. And I caught my first felony drug charge at 16 years old. And it just kind of set the course for about the next 10 years of my life. I just accepted that I was a drug addict and that's all that I would ever be. And at 18, I started going to jail and rehab. I went to seven different rehab facilities. I went to in and out of jail, the Arkansas Department of Corrections twice, and nothing ever worked. Um, drugs took everything from me. Drugs destroyed every relationship that I ever had. Drugs took my freedom. Drugs took my friends. Drugs took my self-worth. But I'm here this morning, I can tell you that Jesus has given me everything back, plus 100%. And, and due to time, I could go into everything that happened over the last 15 years, but due to time, they say that a picture is worth a thousand words. So I just want to share with you, I have a picture this morning, and this is what it ended up as. Uh, I was hopeless, I was defeated, I was lost, and I ended up at Renewal Ranch, and everything changed for me. Um, I've just, I've written down here a few things that changed when I got to Renewal Ranch. First off, when I showed up there, I'd been to seven other treatment facilities. Well, I showed up at Renewal Ranch, and things were a little different. As you noticed this morning, these guys have smiles on their faces. They're laughing. They have the joy of the Lord. Well, when I got there, I had been beaten down by the world, and I, I just thought, how do these guys have these smiles on their face? They must not have done the same drugs I did. They must not have stole what, the, what I did from my family. They must not have treated people the way that I have, or they wouldn't have this. Well, these men have experienced Jesus Christ. That's why they have that smile on their face. They are experiencing the joy of the Lord, and that's one of the things that happened for me at Renewal Ranch. I showed up there lost, and the Bible says in Romans 8, 1, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, they introduced me to Jesus Christ, and before that, the Bible says that by nature we are children of wrath, but after that, there is no condemnation. So the first thing that changed was my relationship to God changed. They introduced me to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and from that relationship, I found freedom. The second thing that changed for me at Renewal Ranch was I got some hope in my life. If you've ever spent any time around a drug addict, they are living in a hopeless state. Uh, you can pull that picture back up. I just want to use that as an example. Um, in that picture, I was a hopeless, broken individual who had given up on life. I thought life was over. And Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Well, that's what happened for me at Renewal Ranch. I started experiencing God, and from that relationship, I found some hope. I, I started finding forgiveness for the things that I'd done. 1 Peter 1.4 says that we have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away. And that brings me great hope. Uh, so that's the second thing that happened at Renewal Ranch. The third thing that happened in my life there was God changed my perspective on things. See, before I thought... I'm 20-something years old, I've wasted the majority of my life, and life just doesn't look like 
how I had expected right now. I don't have the job that I wanted. I don't have the family that I wanted. I don't have the finances that I wanted. I've ruined it all. Well, God changed my perspective what he, is what he did. Matthew six nineteen through 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What God did was he changed that temporal perspective that I had and gave me an eternal perspective. Uh, you can pull that picture. You can leave that picture up the whole time, please. It's up there? Okay. So I just want to show you. I, I can't see it on the back wall. I apologize. Uh, I just want to use that as an example. The fourth thing that changed was my identity. The man you see in this picture was a drug addict. He was a liar. He was a thief. He was no good. But God saw something in me. He lifted me out of that pit, and he changed my identity. 2 Corinthians 5:17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that's what Jesus does for us. He makes all things new. So that's the fourth thing that changed was my identity. The fifth thing that changed in my life was my actions. So I, I started this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, my identity changed. My, I started to get some hope. Well, then my actions started to change. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. So we appeal you, or we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So when my heart started to change, my actions also reflected that. The next thing that changed at Renewal Ranch was my family. What seemed like the worst of circumstances, their son has to go to another rehabilitation facility and they're having to check him in here and all these relationships are broken. They're not even speaking to me, most of them at this point, because I'd broken those relationships. Well, Psalm 40 verse 3 says that, Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. So I came to Renewal Ranch lost, gave my life to the Lord. My family started coming around a little bit. My stepfather started coming to our chapel services, and he does not know the Lord at this time. He ends up coming to know Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior as well. So what we saw was this ripple effect happening in my family. I have a younger sister who we were not speaking when I got to Renewal Ranch, and God started drawing her in, working on her heart. She started coming to visit me. Well, she hadn't been in church since we were kids. Well, now she is in church every time the doors are open. She has three babies who will be raised in church because of what God did for me at Renewal Ranch. So I, I owe God first and foremost everything, but this ministry has been there for me through thick and through thin. The next thing that changed in my life was my addiction. I tried everything in the world to beat this addiction. Uh, John 8, 32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's the only thing I hadn't tried. I've been to secular rehabs over and over, that been to all these different AA, NA, and I'm not knocking them. I just know that for me it took a personal relationship with Jesus Christ to be freed from this addiction. The next thing in my life that changed was God gave me a purpose. The man you see in this picture had given up. I would have rather died than live another day, but God has breathed life back into me, and he's given me a purpose. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And... I share this all the time, I share this with these guys, but I mean it, that God chose me, the guy you see in this picture, to go and make disciples blows me away that he chose me to be a part of that, and it gives me purpose in my life. When my feet hit the floor in the morning now, I am ready to go because I have a purpose in my life. And the last thing that changed for me, and I could name 10,000 reasons is what I could name, but I'm just going to share this last one with you. My life changed. John 10.10 10 says, A thief come not to steal, or to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I promise you today I am living 
and abundant life because of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that I found at Renewal Ranch. And I know that in this crowd, there are several people who have someone struggling in addiction. You know someone, you have a family member. I know that it is tough. But I also know that if God can do it for me, he can do it for whoever in your family is struggling. We serve a God who works all things according to the counsel of his own will, which means that if God did it for Chase Mosier, if he pulled me out of the pit that I was in, that he will sure do it for your family. Continue to pray for them because there is hope. I thank you guys for the opportunity to share. I'm sure thankful and love each one of these men, and I hope that you have uh, witnessed, as I have this morning, what God can do when a man surrenders his life and his will. And um, I just, uh, we travel the state and go all over this state every Sunday. We stay on the road about 45 weeks out of the year and have for the last uh, eight years. And just by a show of hands, if you have someone in your circle of influence, a loved one, a family member, or a co-worker that's struggling in the bonds of addiction, would you raise your hand? Hands going up all over the auditorium. I want to do the most important thing that somebody did for me. I want to give us an opportunity. If everybody would just stand for a minute as we close out our portion of the service, I'm going to ask Brooks to come back up and um, I know that I'm alive on the prayers of God's people. My sister prayed for me diligently and her and her friends when I was so far from God and you know it just blows my mind this is where it says in God's word that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. And I, my whole belief system was based on a lie. But I know that she prayed for me and she would tell me that when Jesus Christ, when I understood who I was in Christ, that I would find some freedom from addiction. So I want to, you know, God's not a respecter of persons. You know, addiction, we deal with men, rich, poor, black, white, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. Addiction doesn't discriminate. And when it touches, it destroys. So as we close our portion of the service this morning, as Brooke plays and invites the Holy Spirit to just move, we want to open up the altar. Somebody stood in the gap for me. Would you do that for the person that's on your heart this morning? And would you come to this altar? And let us pray. Because God's still in the miracle business. You saw some miracles here this morning. He's not mad at you. I don't know what your needs are. He's not mad at you. And he'll never reject you. So I just want to open up this altar. If you have someone that's struggling in addiction. And when people have had a chance to respond. I'd love to have the opportunity just to pray and ask God to move in that situation and do what only he can do. So the altar's open. We're going to ask Brooks to play. We're not going to prolong this, so take that step out in faith towards the Lord, and let's ask the Lord to move. So the altar's open. Holy Spirit, you are presence
Father, your altar is just full of your people that are crying out to you. Father, your word says to call upon me and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me, Father God. I just pray right now for the person who's at this altar, Father God. I pray that first off that your peace would just rule and reign in their spirit, that you're a sovereign God, that none of this has caught you off guard, that you know exactly what's going on in these situations, Lord, and that you care deeply and intimately about these hearts that are hurting, Father God. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would disperse, and wherever this person is at, I pray that you would relentlessly draw their hearts to you, Father. Lord, I know that you did not create them to be in bondage. You created them to be free. And although the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy, you have come to give them life and to give it abundantly, Father. So I pray that you would draw them to yourself, that you would surround that person with the people that would show them the unconditional love of God, Father, and the goodness of God and the light of Christ might impact and draw them and they could see where they're lacking, Father. When we see the state of our own depravity, we can start to appreciate the overwhelming grace that you pour out on our lives, Father God. I pray that the bonds of addiction be broken off their lives in the name of Jesus. I pray that they would no longer go around spiritually blind, Father God, but that their eyes would be open to the truth. I pray that the wounds that drive this addictive behavior in their lives Father would be bound up by your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, you are the only hope that we have. You're the only one that can transform and restore. Father, be shown the strong deliverer in this situation. Your people cry out, thank you that you're a Lord that inclines your ear towards us and you hear us and that you're drawn near to the brokenhearted. Father, And when we have a humble and contrite heart, Father, that you can move on our behalf. Father, we just confess our need for you this morning. Father, so I pray that you would now take this circumstances of this one struggling in the bonds of addiction and you would turn this around for their good and for your glory most of all, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.